0: This is Bruce Sheffer of the TriTac Games Podcast. Due to personal issues, I have had to hang up my hat as editor, which means that you are now going to be receiving for at least the next month all the episodes of the TriTac Podcast unedited. I'm just going to take care of the most grievous things like dropouts and restarts and anything else is pretty much the way people talk so i hope you uh appreciate all the hard work we put in the editing before and pro- and sometime after but in the meantime here's the show welcome to the try games
1: podcast
2: This
3: is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. And this is Tohoka. Welcome to the TriTech Games podcast, where you have a planet and all of a sudden something happens. And What happens when what I would call an Omega-level event happens to Earth Prime? What would IDET do? What would UNITA, how would UNITA go about taking care of Earth Prime, and basically the billions of non-fringeworthy that don't have an easy escape route. Uh.
2: No, it, it, I thought it was a near-Omega event, because Omega means that's it, folks. Bye-bye. No, no, Omega event
3: just means it's it's up there. Omega Not, not a world-ender, no. Omega event is just... To me, Omega says the end. No, <laughs> uh, well, remember, I came up with the term Omega event for Bureau 13, and hence the Omega teams, uh. like Team Candlestick it It's just something very broad and catastrophic, but it's not gonna like crack the planet in half in basically
2: half. a near extinction level event, yeah yeah, and or or just really 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 inconvenient event i mean you know if 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 say all all you know have- all the all the grains die off like in car War, car wars. All all corn and wheat just dies off from a blight.
3: Or like, you know, bees disappearing. It's been said that if if bees were to become extinct, humanity would be dead in four years.
4: It would be tough. It would be tough, but we wouldn't be gone. I mean, there's plenty of pollinators. There are birds that pollinate there.
1: We're actually fighting that in Detroit right now in the area. In this area near the zoo, we can't grow squash. We can't grow a lot of common vegetables
4: anymore. Right, yeah, but but we wouldn't we wouldn't disappear. We would just be without. There'd be things we'd we'd have to do without, but we, we'd be okay.
1: That's right. there's Kroger's.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. There's some things you know. People always think about like a meteor impact or something like that, but you know, a near miss could really mess us up. Imagine uh something like the size of Apophis comes by the Earth. It doesn't smack into the Earth, but it tears a little bit of the atmosphere off. You know that that would that would be pretty bad.
2: Well, or that, or, or or actually, more realistically, it breaks up and then it shotguns a large area. So it's not not one big huge meteor impact, but a bunch of small ones. But even then, that's still bad. Yeah, a thirty foot across meteor hitting into
3: land still can cause nuclear winter type conditions. So it's like. A yeah. yeah. bus-sized meteor created a uh, uh,
1: what is it? Uh, the Arizona crater, and what Tang Tanguska <laughs> was probably the size of uh, a couple of houses.
4: Yeah, it was, and that was an airburst.
3: Yeah, I was going to say nothing hit in Tunguska. That was an airburst that just happened to flatten
2: everything. Yeah. Now they, they suspect Hudson Bay is a, it may be part uh, impact crater.
3: I could see that considering how relatively round it is. I
4: could see that. And
2: near you, Peter, Boston Harbor. That's
4: not near me, but it, that's close, it's closer to me than it is to you.
3: Close enough. Closer to
4: me. And yeah. the Gulf of Mexico, they think, is an impact crater, right?
2: Well, no. Well, Yucatan and the Yucatan Peninsula is the Chicxulub uh, impact crater. The thing is, we, we're finding them all over the place. Once we know what to look for, they're everywhere on the earth. But we're kind of getting in the weeds because it's not it, – the, the the
4: purpose of this episode is not so much to discuss how it happens. It, what's to discuss is what we do when it happens.
3: What would NIDA do when these events happen to help Earth prime considering the resources they have at their disposal?
2: Yeah. I mean the worst case scenario is a uh, large largest meteor impacting Greenland and basically causing most of it to shed ice. You can see water levels rising ten feet at that point.
4: Yeah, but again, again, that would be devastating. But we would be fine. Yes, I mean, it would. We would lose some of our big cities, but that that wouldn't make us disappear. We would just we'd we'd adapt.
3: Well, no, still, you you get rid of like let's see some of the big cities. Let's say okay, that happens. Greenland. Oh,
2: most of Florida. Most of Florida would be underwater.
3: Most of Florida, the eastern seaboard, New York, Boston.
4: Then Baltimore, uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they get – okay, right. I get it. They get flooded, but people people will move inland. It's not the end of humanity. It's just it's very, very inconvenient.
2: Oh, and whatever place would be really inconvenienced, Hatsumi Island, Hatsumi Base. Considering oh, yeah. where it, considering where it is, <laughs> yeah, Exclusion. I mean, basically, it, it, yes, the ice would come up ten feet, or probably not ten feet, more like five or six feet—because of the poles and all that kind of stuff going on there, rotations, and that stuff. But still, it'd be an ice rise, and you definitely would have a band of water around the base of the of the uh, electrostatic dome. You know, it wouldn't get in, but it'd still be this band of water, and you'd be starting getting harbor The seals that lived there on the island, coming in for and finding a places to live on the and and the uh, inside the dome. Yeah, but hey, let's let's stick to the topic here. What what is what does United do? What
4: is what what is the plan here? What you know, we're gonna lose. Wh- how much society are we talking about? How much? How many people would we have to lose to make this uh, effective for what we're talking about?
2: Eighty percent of society? Oh no, that's too much. Too much. Okay. Even a 1% die off is hundreds of millions of people. You know?
3: Earth right now has about, well, over 7 billion.
2: Yeah. So if you have 1% die off, that's 100 million people, 700 million people. No, no, 70 million. 70 million, 70 million, yeah.
3: Knocking off a zero really doesn't help a lot. Yeah.
1: You have historical examples. Look at the tsunami that uh, hit uh, Asia. And then look at uh, Katrina.
2: Uh, look at the black plague which took which reduced uh was it uh, by yeah your, it was your was your this five percent or was it i thought yeah you're right it was five percent it was a lot of people but but it wasn't that it, it was enough that it caused devastation there' five percent was an average some places it was a hundred percent some places it was two like one percent or even less well, hold on we're we're staying
4: we're staying uh, uh western europe focused here how about smallpox on the on the native americans it wiped out what 90 percent of them yes
2: oh yeah that's the only reason why it's the only reason white people took over took over the americas
4: exactly i mean there were what did they say close to a hundred million uh uh projected native americans
2: yeah oh yeah the the early explorers tenosis land was a million people
4: yeah, they were, as a matter of fact, the, the first explorers were talking about, man, these, these people are everywhere. And then the next group of people come through and they're like, where are all these people you were talking about? Yeah.
1: Quite literally, the North American continent was pretty much wiped out. There were cities. There were huge cities. Right. And then by the time the Europeans officially landed, there was nobody left. Right. What they were seeing were the remnants.
2: Yeah, the mound builders in uh in the uh, you know, along the Mississippi River. The mound builders, they had cities of close to 700,000 people. Gone. There was the uh, the river cultures up the Amazon, gone. I mean, uh, the, the the yeah, we were we were a plague upon the people when we showed up, when the, when the when the Europeans showed up.
1: Forget this has also <laughs> historically happened. There
2: there was an Atlantic Ocean spanning civilization.
1: Probably about seven to ten thousand years ago we, we called them the red paint people. They are, they are real. They built apparently they got between and they sailed. but the question is what happened to them? What happened 10,000 years ago that literally kicked us almost all the way back?
4: Well there was the early Clovis people um, I believe weren't they weren't they pretty much wiped out by some event?
2: Yeah, they figured it was a, a meteor impact on a, on the ice sheets. It was a an, an asteroid impact on the ice sheets, and that's why they couldn't they can't find a crater because it hit the ice sheet. It's the ice sheets melt thick. The crater melted.
1: About five or was it five hundred uh, uh, A.D. when Rome fell? There were years where there was no there was no summers. That's
2: probably what contributed to the final the one two punch that finished Rome. The little dry ass. The basically the, the basically the the uh it was the same it was the same time that the Vikings had actually had finally get the foothold in Vinland. And then all of a sudden the weather went the crap. And the only reason why the Vikings got a, vin- a hold in Vinland because it was abnormally warm. It was actually warmer than normal. That's why they were able to get to from Europe from Scandinavia all the way to Americas in fairly nice weather, comparatively speaking. Oh, Greenland was beautiful back then.
1: Yeah. And then eventually it froze
2: off again.
4: Yeah. So, guys, what what does you need to do? All right. So there, you know, this massive event happens.
2: Well, it depends on the disaster. What you do? I mean, you know, I mean, yes, the standard things are you provide sustenance and medical aid. So you're you're going to need to find you know lots of, lot more medical aid out there, uh, for for certain. But after that, it depends what happened. But you know, I
4: I think to make this really interesting, I I, I really think we should look at about a fifty percent die off to, to to really get the feel of this. Oh,
3: meteor hits Greenland. Not North, not only North America is going to be affected. You're going to have Europe, a little bit of Africa, a little bit of South America is going to be affected. Basically, anything touching the Northern Atlantic Ocean is going to be affected. Spain, Portugal, Britain, France, the Scandinavian, uh, Nor- Norway, I believe. Yeah, they're all going to be affected if Greenland gets it. Iceland is gone. Right, Iceland off, just bye-bye.
1: Now, the question also is, who are the best
3: prepared to survive? I would hope Iceland, if not, they're going to. <laughs> bye-bye Iceland, yeah. Um, ah, boy, that... That that would be a good question, I would hope. And you're gonna look at
1: Israel, you're gonna look at countries that are self-sufficient, like North Korea and Albania.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they're self-sufficient to made them self-sufficient. <laughs> well you're also gonna look at,
4: you're gonna look at people who Okay, so it could break down into two things. So if there's if there's an issue of sickness it's going to be well developed countries that are going to do best because they have they can institute procedures to mitigate sickness but if it's not sickness if that's like a, if it's not a plague or something like that if it's some kind of disaster um, you can look at countries that have less because they're used to dealing with less are used to living with less uh, the in the united states you know we have everything you know, every electronic device and, and we rely on them. You know, if, if our air conditioner goes out, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. You know, but you have people in, you know, say, India or Pakistan um, and, and a good portion of their society. China is another good example. A huge portion of their society
2: don't have air conditioning. Don't, uh, in, in China, there's a lot of people who don't have electricity. Well, if you want something, that, if you want something that, takes, that would actually kill a lot of people without actually doing much physical damage to the people – is some sort of natural EMP strike on the Earth that kills pretty much all electronics. You know, unless it's shielded, it's killed. And all of a sudden... The die-off in the United States would be horrendous because... Oh, yeah. But places like India would be going, okay, yes, you died off. Oh, everyone died off. We are just fine here with our, wood and, with our wood-fired stoves. Bye. Well, Mexico would be... A lot of Mexico would be great. Yeah and South America especially. Oh
4: yeah, sure. They so in, in that case if it, if it if it's something like that, the, the countries again, the countries that have the least would probably do the best. I mean, they I mean, for one, they're more in tune with growing their own food and 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 they know how to go get water. They don't have to like their water doesn't have to come from a fountain, you know, or 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 a faucet. Um Whereas, so, you know, a lot of Americans could figure that out. But there's a lot of us that couldn't. There's a lot of us that would, would drink bad water.
2: With about 80% of the people living in cities who have never farmed a day in their lives. Oh,
4: yeah. yeah. Who have never hunted in a day in their lives. And not only would they, it wouldn't even be like just the starving. It would be, you'd have war in the streets because, you know, people get hungry and they kill for food. So it would be chaos.
1: And they will immediately kill each other and then they'll move out to the countryside to the farmers and demand the food and the grain crops. And that'll yeah. be the end of that. So you're going to end up with fortress farms.
4: Right, exactly. So it would, it would be pure chaos here.
2: Yeah, trouble is those farms would be, a, they can only farm as long as they actually have, well, technology. Yeah, fuel and artificial fertilizer and water. And don't forget water. Yeah, and all the hydro, uh, all the hydroelectric dams would shut down because they would lose their controls. Yeah. Dude, everything, um, everything. What, what is it along
4: the Colorado River where they pump the water out to the to the farms? All those farms, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Phoenix is gone. Yeah, Phoenix is done.
2: Las Vegas done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Denver's got a river going through it. I wouldn't want to drink from it, but it's got a river going through it. <laughs> Now
4: places like okay, so where I am, you know, where I live, uh in in Baltimore, we're right on the shore. So there's like we we would have the ability to get food because we have a vast ocean right there. You know, a society could and we have a bay we have a you know, a huge bay. I don't know how much of the stuff you want to eat out of the bay, but <laughs> you could. Um
3: kind of like the Great Lakes up here, yeah.
4: And 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 the Chesapeake, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Chesapeake is the largest is it estuary, I think it is in the world so there's more shoreline uh in, in our area that that could be fished or, or or you know gotten food from um so it might be okay here maybe
1: but you gotta get past the first two months
4: yes yep yeah
2: yep and hopefully it happens say like in april and not in november oh yeah then you're after yeah yeah, of course, everyone down, down in South America says, no, we want it to happen in November. Right, yeah, exactly.
3: Because that's their summer, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, the other thing is, also, uh, places that, you know, technology is not as advanced as it is here in the United States. So, I would say if there's places in Russia, they'd be going just fine, thank you, comrade. Thanks to the fact they're still using technology from the 1950s in some places. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'd say, vacuum tubes are quite EMP resistant. <laughs>
3: Okay, you were saying a natural, a natural EMP. What solar flare would be the only thing I could?
2: Oh yeah, massive solar flare hitting the Earth.
3: A close star
1: that's gone nova would do the same thing, and we wouldn't yeah. know it until it just about got here. Oh, oh, Rich. Hold on, wait. It, it would be worse. Wasn't Beetlejuice scheduled to blow up?
2: Yeah, but it's putting away from us. There, there's, there is a star, a pair of stars that actually are kind of pointing at us, but they're not, they, 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 they're not sure they're pointing at us. They may be pointing above us or below us. I can't remember which way it is, but they're not pointing right at us. So if they did go off, we wouldn't get gamma ray. Yeah, that's the problem.
4: It's, it's the gamma rays that would hit us.
2: A, a near miss gamma rays could also do the same thing too.
4: So I, um, we, I was interviewing this guy who's a solar astronomer and I asked him about solar flares and I said, you know, what, what's the reality of a solar flare like hitting the earth and, you know, wiping, wiping out everybody? He's just like, well, he's like, it could happen. It could, could easily happen. They, the fireballs go out past the earth all the time in distance. Some of them is, you know, as big as the planet. And I was like, What? He's like yeah, but they never he's like they, they never of course obviously they never are pointed at the planet. It's the the, the way the sun's configured, they go off in a different a different plane. Um, but it's not inconceivable. He said, "You know, it is it is possible. It's just it hasn't happened in all this time, so it's highly unlikely."
1: Well, it actually did happen in the yep. 1860s. We got hit with a solar flare. They turned off the power on the telegraph lines until everything went back to normal apparently it was also burning out even the primitive circuits back then so we got
2: hit with a beauty
4: no i'm talking about i'm i'm talking about a massive one like something that would
2: oh no no the, to cause the wires to burn that is a massive coronal ejection hitting the earth that's not what yeah. i was talking about one that could kill everybody yeah well yeah i was talking about one that would cook
4: the atmosphere off oh one of those that... he he said those he said those actually come off the sun Every once in a while they just never go in our plane but but yeah so, so it's just very real getting hit with hit, getting hit with a solar flare very very real
2: yeah and, you know because that's what happened in Quebec you know it was a solar flare event that caused them to bl- burn out their circuits it basically caused currents to flow the wrong directions and boom
4: and just so you know if we're hit with a big one it's not like it'll hit the one side of the planet the way our you know magnetic uh, uh what is it? Our magnet magnetosphere works. It would go all around the whole planet. It would just kind of circle around
2: it. It would affect also the northern and southern hemispheres. And guess where most of the, the technological society lives? In the northern In the northern part of the northern hemisphere. And and I'll tell you what. Something big enough to do that would would destroy every one of our
4: satellites.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which in that case, there goes any uh, international communications. Which, right. Which you know it's- what affect everything from business to air travel to you know
2: however the folks on the iss could get home because they have soyuz <laughs> soyuz would probably would survive
4: <laughs> it might it might i'm just thinking of the movie
2: gravity I, I just watched it the other night see but that's that's one so in that case okay so the, so first if you, you need a one uh first off the base would be hit the base would be hit hard. There has to be a base and McMurdo Sound would be hit hard. And I they would have to evacuate to the dome. And hopefully they'll be able to bring in supplies from Victorian Earth to keep the keep everyone there at the base alive because everything else is dead. Alright, so the first order of business is
4: recruit help from, from the French path.
2: Yes. We'd have to go out to the Victorians and, and, and in our local in our locals. Because the local we only have like three places to go to. They are open currently, and that's uh, Victoria Two, uh, the Junkyard, and the Hunting Lodge. Those three are open, and the only people you actually get anything, any help from would be from the Victorian Two, of course. You're dealing with people who basically don't know you're there yet, because it's because they're being kept kept in the dark about the ah uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Right, well, oh, so I hold thought on, wait.
3: Victorian Victoria like positive 2 prime. Oh, you're talking the little one there, the alt on. Yes. Earth.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I which I think my team called slave slave holding earth. Uh, uh, slave America earth cuz there's still slavery going on, but yeah. So, so let me ask you this. How far away is Bureau 13? 13, 13 platforms. Times.
4: Okay, 13. So that's a bit far for help.
3: Yeah, times 50. Yeah. The six hundred fifty mile.
2: Well, that's not too bad. Six hundred fifty miles. That's not
4: bad. Seven
3: hundred fifty mile trip because we're going prime to alts back up to prime, so it's a seven hundred fifty mile trip.
2: Yeah, but Victorians are probably better suited to help us. Okay, why is that? They're when they're closer and they have and they have and they're used to operating on the fringe platforms. Well, it depends on what time you know what year this is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's later on, then we get lots of help from everybody at that point.
1: Don't forget there's the, by that time, the communists and the plague world will probably be settled back. We'll have helped them, and they will probably start helping us. Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: And there's other worlds out there, too. I mean, there's, you know, and but we can, basically all the races in the book, but if you're doing it, in, in like, say, um, after 10 years— No, after five years, after five years, they're all they're all been contacted and now it's and they all could help in. Of course, they may, you know, as we said during our political discussion episode, they may want something in return. Or they or
4: some of them may see this as an opportunity to uh, to strike like. All right. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. So you've got the uh, you got the the, the Golden Horde, right? The Golden Horde see this as an opportunity. Because they are what? What technology are they at?
2: Oh, uh, they're like the Romans. They're at they're at fifteenth like fifteenth century.
3: They're like PL two or may I'd say PL late PL two, so late medieval, maybe Renaissance. Oh, the Golden Horde probably Renaissance tech. So they may actually have, so they probably have firearms. Yeah, PL three.
4: Yeah, so they probably have firearms.
3: Again, D twenty parlance, people. That's what
4: I. All right, so we've been set back to the Stone Age—not Stone Age, but you know—we've we, been set back to pre-pre-industrial age because all of our industry is shut down at this point with all the electronics. Um, Only the Amish thrive. So this might be a really good time to bring in, you know, some consultants and stuff. You know, uh, bring in some people who who know how to.
2: <laughs> the Victorians. The Victorians are using steam power. Even, even ten years down the road, they're gonna probably still be using steam power back home. Because they've seen the crap that happened to us on Earth by using fossil fuels, so they're probably trying to find new ways of uh, of generating power without actually using coal. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> so, what about at the, at the star platforms? Are there any? Are there any on Earth Prime? Are there any um, star platforms that have uh, civilizations on them?
2: Yeah, John. Let's hear it. No. Yeah. Well. No, uh, it's, uh, I hate to say. That was pretty much left up to the GM to decide. So let's say GM says, yeah, there is out there at, say, Groombridge, or something or other, you know, or, you know, there's a, there's a actually, there are several habitable worlds within 40 light years of Earth. Uh, at least potentially high habitable worlds. So yeah, maybe one of them actually has a civilization on them. Uh, trouble is, you know, when you're dealing with an alien world, They're aliens, and they may, you know, for all we know, nothing they have will work. You know, okay, nothing organic may work in our world, and vice versa. You say (laughs) it's funny. (laughs) It's funny the argument you're using there.
4: You're like, yeah, well, they're they're aliens. It's like, oh, yeah, but we'll we'll just we'll go to the, you know, we'll go to all these other alien races that that are on, you know, alternates, and they're fine (laughs) because they're humans and they live on Earth. Well, not well. Well, when you say aliens, I mean I'm
2: picturing like even like the the the
3: Taziel or the Blizz.
2: They're still they're still they still Earth they're still Terrans. They're all Terrans. Yeah, they're all from the, they're on the planet Earth. They all share the same biology. No, they do not share the same exact biology. <laughs> okay, the, well biology in in that they're all descended from from the same from the same you know root Earth. You know, we all came from the same place. So.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, the Demixi, I don't think so.
2: No, Demixi, they're good eating.
1: <laughs> now, hang on. You're not, you're not thinking out of the box also. The fact that the, there are storehouses of chameleon goods, food, and materials. Oh, oh got God, it. For, I forgot about those. The majority of what you need to do is get transportation to bring this stuff back to Earth to feed people.
2: Food and shelter are the first two things you need. That farm world you found... You know, in, 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 some, in some events, you've found a, a operational Chamelon farm world. And it's been sitting idle because, well, it has no customers. Guess what? You got customers now. So now you got to figure out how to move down the, down the platforms enough food to make a difference.
4: Now, you know what I need now? I need to get the 8-track on my truck playing
2: Convoy. <laughs> 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 There's a rubber duck here. No, you gotta start playing some Australian ver- tunes because they're the ones that build the ro- that, that actually build the road trains. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so now the big trick is um, most boats these days uh, wouldn't work. I mean, the Russian icebreakers are all nuclear powered, and I hate to say it, they also are using more or less modern technology. They're dead in the water.
0: Why are you using the um,
2: those trains?
0: Why aren't you uh, – I mean, I'm sorry. Why are you using that location? Why aren't you taking it out through uh, Easter Island? It's got a, a warm water port. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: you think the ASA is going to be kicking our butt considering? No, no. That would be a place to do it. And if the other pla- – in fact, if, the, if that one's open, that's probably been, been more or less operational. I say if, if it's 10 years in the future, it's it's owned by UNITA in 10 years in the future. You know, just because, uh, it, 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 you know, if you wave a couple billion dollars at somebody, they go, "Yeah, you know, I think I'll let you guys lease it for two billion dollars a year. <laughs> Make it five billion dollars a year. You can lease it now, and and have it." So yeah, i say money will talk a lot louder than political than political fervor. 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 Uh, so yeah, it's probably been leased to Unita for an outrageous sum. <sighs> But yeah, it'd be a great place, or even the Richardson Mountains. If you can, if those are open, there you go. You got you got a pipeline in Russia and a pipeline in America in the North in the American continents. You got two continents taken care of. Uh, you just got to get stuff to Australia and the uh, Pacific Islands. But I think they can pretty much manage by themselves for a while.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be the problem that you think of as far as having to get things like the uh, the trains and such. The fringe paths are covered with. Uh, places where we've been dropping off vehicles and other types of supplies for at this, at this point decades. So it's just basically everybody out there who's fringe worthy who can drive a vehicle. Let's grab a vehicle. Let's start loading up and bringing it back to the people who need it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I it's a matter of gaining the volume then. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and it's eventually someone will start be using you know big fringe trains, you know, basically a, a big old uh australian diesel in front carrying about four or five or six uh you know uh, containers behind them well it's it's,
0: it's, except for where you're going through the ramp it's completely flat so yeah it's
2: you can really overload those things yeah and once you get to the ramp you just get your nose up into the in the portal and you're you're home free at that point (laughs) it'll pull you through
1: it's gonna be social Yep. The, the, the the total breakdown of governmental systems and everything else on uh, on earth you're going to really you can feed them and you can shelter them but what happens with when everybody has guns and has a different idea it sounds like you would
2: you would need some united nations to take over <laughs> 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 yeah uh-huh and they even got some they even got some black helicopters they could fly in too
3: no, that wouldn't get the conspiracy theorists jumping up and down going, we were right, we told you. Yeah. No, that wouldn't happen at all.
4: So, all right, so so we figure out, you know, we start bringing supplies and stuff like that in. Um, so, what happens when we're bringing supplies in and we can't supply everybody? There's not enough. There's not enough. What happens now?
2: Oh, that's when you start mounting machine guns in your trucks.
4: Right. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking that you know, the S hits the F, uh as it were. Um
2: The fecal matter impacts
4: the air the rotary air impeller. So where where do we where all do we have portals that, that people can
2: get into? Richardson's Mountains up in the Yukon, uh in the middle of Siberia, upper northern Siberia. All right, so the so the Russians have it? uh, uh um, the Easter Island if that's open, then yeah, that that's a, that's a viable location as well. Uh, Hatsumi, but that's right off Hatsumi. You're not getting anything out anything out of there in any size or bulk. So Hatsumi's written off. Uh, trouble is, you're going to have to rely on small vessels because all the big container ships are dead. They're mostly computer dr- computer driven anyway. So all the super tankers and super ca- and super cargo carriers are dead. So from the for the EMP pulse. So you know when you're talking about. F- Feeding billions
4: of people and trying to get enough food and, and supplies and stuff for billions of people, I, I'm thinking. This I'm just going to throw this out there. My, my thought is is that help from outside is not going to be supplies. I, I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think there's, there's any way it can be enough.
3: It's not so much supplies; it's logistics.
4: Logistics is where you're going to get where you're really going to get your help. I, I think. I think you're know, trying to trying to bring supplies to the through the portal is is like you know. Uh, drops in the ocean. It's trying to run ten thousand gallons through a straw. Right. Exactly. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's realistic at all.
0: You can't save everybody. So the question is, who are you going to save? Uh, yeah. Are, is that what's going to happen? Are we going to basically, have, as you talked about the black helicopters, that's not so unrealistic as far as flying in, grabbing the best mines, the, the best whatever, and yeah. uh, coming out and and taking them off to either the uh, Richardson base or uh, Easter Island, or uh, even Hatsumi Base. I mean, whatever. The point is is that taking it someplace, these people where you can feed them while everybody else basically goes
4: to, you know, dies. And what was that movie where they did that? Oh, 2012? I didn't see that movie, but um, I was thinking. There
0: was also Miracle Mile where they were grabbing people and flying them to the Antarctic.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, 2012 was sort of based the same way too. You had to be special to get on on the arcs.
4: Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking the uh the one with Morgan Freeman um uh, meteor was going to hit or something like that and Deep Impact. Deep Impact, that's one I was thinking of. They they sort of did like a lottery type of thing and and of course it was it was all the important people and then a lottery for everyone else.
3: I'm seeing I'm seeing something like this ends up being it's going to be Lord of the Flies, basically. It's it's what it's going to end up being.
2: I mean, the only other way of solving it is to get is to get a hold of some sort of Termillan wonder tech. You know the the, sea, yeah. the 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 food trees and so, you know that grow that grow in a week and start producing food. You know things like that. You'd have to get a hold Termelon tech and start planting it everywhere. That's not exactly
0: true. You, there is another solution. It's not a good solution, but it is a solution. Yeah, yeah. And that is to just seed the planet with purple weed. It grows like a weed. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's purple weed? It was one of the things that could destroy the planet, actually. Um, and what it is is, it is a plant that provides complete uh, nutritional um, benefits. The problem is, is that it basically saps your will to do anything. You become lotus eaters. You just sit around without any desire to do anything except eat the lotus, the, the, eat the
2: purple weed. And then they dies off afterwards because no one procreates and makes more children.
0: Well, I don't know if that's entirely true, but, but the point still <laughs> is that you're looking at something. it would something- be a stopgap measure. Exactly, you need 20 years, okay? People could sit around eating eating this stuff that literally will grow anywhere where there's a little bit of moisture. This stuff will grow, they can feed themselves, they sit around, they don't engage in war, they don't engage in uh, predation on each other over resources, they just sit around and get mellow. It's not such a bad solution.
4: Well, let's say you do that, what's the next step? So 20 years later, now what?
0: Well, it's not 20 years later, you do that and then over the next 20 years, you, you grab them, you start weeding them off of it, you start, I don't know, you, you'd you have to pick places where you want to set up, you know, um,
2: resources. The Sahara, because there's no moisture there, and that's and nothing that's a bit gross. That's one place for them to go cold turkey.
0: Right. Um, I would say that you'd probably want to go and um, go to places that had nuclear reactors and start uh, bringing them back online, uh, using tech from other worlds near... You know, Any world that has 1960 or above tech can probably provide you what you need to run a nuclear reactor. and That's not even talking about some of the more advanced nuclear reactors that you might be able to get from some high-tech world that you got out there. So you start doing that. You start building out a, you know, uh, the community, and then you start weaning these people off the purple weed. I don't know. Go out there and start spraying it with a, with a, with a, an, uh, a, a very specialized herbicide that only kills purple weed. Okay, mm. the, they won't like it, but if they got no purple weed, they got to eat you know lettuce and celery and other things that might be growing anyways.
2: That means you're gonna totally depend on the seed bank to reseed the world. very I you Are you right? The purple weed will basically wipe out every all the other vegetation.
0: Yeah, it will do that. Yeah, I'm saying you have to kill it all, and then you have to replace it with something else. But as far as the seed banks concern, I mean, you have all those worlds out there that are close analogs to Earth to
4: get right. all the seeds you want. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Even even ones that don't even don't exist anymore you can probably get some of those
2: oh the honey lodge the honey lodge would be, would be your seed bank you get a lot of the early stuff but yeah you go to honey lodge and you know bring back trees that you haven't seen in, in the half a million years but wouldn't you rather go to a world that had like a
0: 1940s up technology and just go to oh, you know I... your go to someplace that actually has
2: seeds in bags alt zero two alt zero two it's a farming community that you come out inside of. Are uh, there? You just get, you just, you just buy you start buying grains by the, buying seed seed corn seed grains by the by the by the metric ton. I going to say metric ton, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and you know we've yeah. always talked about the fact that we do not let IDET does not let gold and precious metals and things like that get back to Earth because it would ruin Earth's economy. Guess what? We don't have to worry about that now. We can spend every piece, every gold statue we've ever found, every giant diamond the size of your head, bang, 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 turn them into smaller diamonds. Let's start spending that stuff, bringing stuff back to Earth.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: think De Beers would be very happy. De Beers is smoking, is is eating the... The wacky weed. The weed along with everybody else. (laughs) There's a pretty rock. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm sorry. That whole purple weed thing, you know, it it says all the things that it 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 saps you from doing. Yeah, I'm not down with that whole lack of wanting to procreate
2: thing. Sorry, <laughs> dude. Purple haze. <laughs> purple haze, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 be that be one. Yeah, like I said, you know, that's I would say if you have found purple weed, yeah, there you go. That's one of your choices. Purple weed, the place. And this is your goal. This is your golden opportunity
0: to make good use of the blizzniz. Oh okay? yeah. Because the because the blizznes they are they they're all fringeworthy. Therefore, you have theoretically millions of them to come to Earth and act as aid agents. Right. Blizznes on purple weed. Oh my God. Well, I'm not. I don't know what what that effect would be, but you. But they're intelligent. You know, they can tell them. Don't eat the purple weed.
4: You know. <laughs>
2: June, it's so good! Wow! <laughs> I got the munchies! Oh, here's some of this purple weed. Oh,
0: wow! Oh, God. <laughs> Would you be able to tell any
2: difference? No. Oh. <laughs> it's true, yeah. It'd be actually be wonderful if it turns out that they basically, the purple weed actually enhances their, their mellow field and, and it really makes it even more mellow. People will actually die around them. No, no, uh,
1: dude.
0: No. Oh. Yeah, it's too stressful to breathe. I'm just gonna lay here.
4: Hey, man, you
2: killing my bud. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, they could be. You know, the, the, yeah, they could be around everywhere. I, I, even without the purple weed, they, I would still consider using the blizz News as. Negotiators, or at least make sure you don't shoot the other guy you know, sitting across the table, type people. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a so- kind of a social solution, as Richard was talking about, that's you know that's one of the things that it does for you. It's the only thing it really does for you. You know, it, it's a, st- a stopgap measure, but it's a pretty darn good one, even though it's going to kill the Earth's ecology.
2: Oh, yeah, so that's where you need to go find. Like I said, you need to find, find yeah, if you, a better choice. If you can find watermelon uh, food plants and stuff like that, yeah, uh, get all the seeds you can get and start planting it wherever you can find because that would be a better solution, uh, more permanent solution too because the food plants produce food. You know, of course, it's watermelon food, but still, it's food. You know, bread trees make it looks like bread. The pork trees make stuff that look like pork. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so you go and you after you put the purple weed everywhere, you I don't know. You start with I would say start with um, Australia, just yeah. start planting you know uh, plants all over it, and or or Easter Island. I mean, just you know, I mean, kill off all the purple weed and then start planting nothing but like you know to trees. And then as these things grow, you know, start collecting, you know, start harvesting it, start uh, putting it onto ships that can that have been repaired at this point to be able to run and to start you know, working your way out. I mean, this is, this is going to be a 100-year-long job. Oh, yeah. But as Fringeworthy, you're, you're essentially immortal as long as you keep every so often going back to those portals and boosting your lifespan.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a project. Uh, it throws a lot of things back. Now, of course, during this time period, everyone else is going to get busy because Earth, Earth Prime is not sitting there lording over them anymore. So yeah, you you have the the problem that everyone else says. Well, you're you're too busy to keeping yourself alive. Okay, we'll we'll take care of everything for you while you're while you're while you're away, and we'll create our own version of the Commonwealth. So yeah, there's that looming over. When you finally get back on your feet, you're gonna find yourself the junior partner of a of a very advanced group out there.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that the um uh, uh that the uh, Romana Universa, the uh, Victorians. And the Golden Horde could basically fight each other to a standstill for decades.
2: Yeah, though I think we once worked out uh, the possible pairings: so Mongols and Tzeel, and maybe even the Romana. I mean, you know, they're they're all they're all well. The the Mongols and the Pact Romana are comparable technology levels. Uh, I don't know if they would consider each other enemies or not. That's a good question. Well, historically, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that. So that. You know. Then that's a basic. I would say that's a big scenario for just most disasters you're gonna run into that don't wipe out the earth. I mean, the major problem is gonna be you know, re- rebuilding the infrastructure. That's pretty much gonna be just, it's gonna be destroyed in most scenarios you can come up with.
1: And don't forget psychologically, you have survivor guilt. Yeah. And you're gonna need an awful lot of medical personnel to help the people who did survive. Yeah.
2: yeah. And there probably would be a resurgence of a lot of religious cults, both both you know we were saved and the doomsday ones as well. You know yeah. we we were saved because we were sinners.
0: They're good. they're probably going to blame the fringe world
2: for it anyways. Oh okay. an yeah, easy target. Now
4: what about um what about uh the the people who decide to roll out? You're going to have people who do that. You're going to some of the people who are friends are going to be like, oh well, I'm going to move on to this other
2: world where I don't have to deal with all this. You know, I kind of like living in Londinium. Right. So it's bye. So nice, yeah. <laughs> you
3: can't stop them. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna, they're gone. Bye. See ya. And it'll be like, good night, everybody. Yeah. But
4: there will be some of them. Well,
3: no, they're you're going to have those people who just, yeah, they're going to decide. I've got a million, million worlds I can go to right off their home world and just. They can be start of a whole new campaign. Just, you know, this group decides, hey, something happened to Earth Prime. We're out of here.
4: Especially since we're talking about, you know, I mean, the people who are who are listening to this that that we're actually talking to are, are going to be the gamers, and you know, the characters are not going to stick around to do, uh, you know, I don't know, rescue work and stuff.
2: Well, it, it really depends. Like with my, with my team, I made sure that they had families, so half the team had had, had kids back home. They had, they wanted, you know, they had families.
4: Yeah, but realistically, John, do you want to game this? Mm, It'd be, like, the most boring campaign ever.
3: Well, Blix, Blix, it would be along the lines of you would be having to deal with rescue missions and diplomacy, and you might end up, hey, there's a food riot here. We need to get you there to, you know, break it up. So you would have your bits of combat, role-playing, diplomacy.
4: But, But that's not why I play Fringeworthy.
1: And you're going to figure with the survivors and with the IDA... They're going to go on a massive recruitment to find out who's fringe worthy. They're going to be going everywhere to find anybody to train, to drive, to do things.
4: Yes, this is this is what I would do. Okay, so let let's say I'm I'm game mastering this, and I've decided that this is what I'm going to do to to my players. Uh, but they would become the the special squad that's going out and searching for things to help. So they would be going to other worlds and trying to find technology or um, anything to, to, to help the process, you know, not, like we said, not, not convoying food back, but, but like you said, bringing back, um, you know, some kind of plant, some kind of special magical plant or, or something along those lines, some kind of technology that's going to, going to help everything.
2: Uber tech terraforming uh, a year, you know, right. terraform yeah. your world in a year, right. You know, go to the Star Trek universe and get yourself a Genesis bomb. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that
0: that's real helpful. <laughs> that was always my idea that the reason that uh, for IDET was they were going out and trying to find technological solutions to the problems of the world, the problems that they foresee were coming, and yeah. this is just an example where it came a lot faster than they thought it would, and now yeah. they're still in the same situation, but now the pressure is really on to produce something that's going to be a solution.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the the. Uh... Oh, and Bruce, you weren't here. We, but basically the disaster. I don't know if you, if you heard it. Disaster was a massive EMP that basically took out all technology above vacuum tubes. Okay, so this is only about that. No, no, but that's
4: just something that, that we've been working off of. It could be, it could be anything.
3: We've touched on other stuff so far already.
2: Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah, I mean Bruce brought up one of the things in, the, in this uh, his list was uh, we have an AI. You know, you have the lawnmower man kick you in place and start start raising hell around Earth. You know, start you know turning off buildings and doing things. What do you do then?
3: Well, come on. Next thing you know, the AI is going to sit there and start making robots that want to take out humanity. What kind of game? Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: Wait a minute. We just did that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: also, if any of you haven't seen it, the movie *Transcendence* about a human mind being taken into a computer system. And then mm-hmm. going from there, and the the both the panic and the horror of something that is that powerful, that is creating technology a light year ahead of what we have, but it's a decent movie. It's a it really leaves you at the end thinking that what was the per what was its purpose? Was it doing something good or bad, or it was just stupid scriptwriters
4: again? <laughs> it was a Johnny Depp movie. so That's, only, that's all you need to say. Well, just don't give away any spoilers. I haven't seen it yet, and I, I want to.
3: Yeah, horrible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the other is actually one of the disasters that Bruce, also another one of these uh, near-world-ending disasters, of course, is everyone's favorite, an alien invasion. They're, you know, they're, you figure they're
0: going to take out all the major cities and all the major uh, points of, of protection, like they'll, they'll take Not out.
1: necessarily you know, the cities. The first thing you do on an invasion, you take out command and control. You take out the cores of the the main cities and military bases. As in yeah, Washington, yeah. D.C., nobody would want to bomb Detroit. Atlanta <laughs> would be a good target. I wouldn't consider that a major city anymore. Though. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
4: hey. <laughs> Nothing but degenerates live there,
0: <laughs> but but only in industrial every industrial center.
2: Yeah, baby. Yeah. And they
0: don't have to hit the big super killer you know, rocks from space. They can be basically tactical rocks
2: from space. Yeah, uh, uh, tungsten rods through the atmosphere and oh, Thor's hammer. Oh. Of course. Now, you guys said these tungsten rods are the size of telephone poles, but still, they're very effective.
3: Yeah. And, hey, folks, if you guys want to see what a tungsten rod would do, launch from orbit, G.I. Joe Retaliation and London, and I'll leave it at that. That's pretty much is what you would be looking at if that were to happen, folks.
0: Okay, because I had forgotten about that.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm just letting the listeners know if you wanted a visual example, that would be it.
0: No, that's great because I'll go check that out because I'd forgotten that that was what
2: they used. It's probably yeah. an, it's probably YouTube now, so you can watch it and watch the rest of the movie. That,
3: too, but I would <laughs> watch it on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's an example of what a tungsten rod launched from, and just letting, not launch, just gravity. Uh,
2: it was when they held off for a year or two before releasing. It's called Retaliation, right? The last the second, one.
3: The second G.I. Joe movie with the rods.
0: This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million
2: worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game. Hate the players.
3: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
2: Yo, brothers. This was the tri Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucka, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers.